0: to believe that I'm an optimist, that I'm always believing the best for the future. And along with that, well, I like to believe that I'm not too much of a skeptic. I mean, yes, there's a good rule of thumb. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. But beyond that, I'm willing to give most things a go, or at least that's what I like to believe about myself. But I have to tell you, it's not as true as I'd like to think. When my co-host Sally Dominguez came to me filled with all sorts of ideas for fuels that come after petroleum, things like hydrogen and hydrogen paste and ammonia, ammonia? I was like, no, sorry, nah, you're dreaming. It just seemed too wild, too far out on the edge to take seriously because we see innovations in fuels, but they almost never scale. And so while they might be fine ideas, they don't move the dial. And I don't see the point of those sorts of things. Fortunately, Sally does. And she was super clear that even if I was going to be quite skeptical about all of these new fuels, she could see them coming and she'd build an episode around all of them. And she has. And I have to tell you, before we recorded all of this, I sat down with the head of one of Australia's biggest industrial investment firms. And he told me, without prompting, that he was seeing a rapid transition to ammonia as a fuel in ships. And there's so much that's amazingly right about this. Marine fuel is dirty. It creates a couple of percent of the entire world's carbon dioxide pollution every single year. But I never thought ammonia had any potential at scale to be used as a fuel. And here he is, he's going all in on ammonia. G'day, I'm Mark Pesci, and the coming next billion seconds are the most important in human history as technology transforms the way we live, work, and fuel our civilization. This is the moment of transition from fossil fuels to amazing new fuels like ammonia and hydrogen. And few people know more about this than my co-host Sally Dominguez. So, Sal, with an apology for being a bit pigheaded when I should have tuned in to your wise counsel, over to you.
1: Ah, Mark, the world of fuel and biochemistry is moving so fast right now that today's pig head will be tomorrow's Beyond Meat Burger. Hello, listeners. I'm Sally Dominguez. I'm an optimist and an inventor, and my day job is moonshot thinking. So walk with me and we can wonder together about the fascinating future of, well, basically everything that moves. Because right now, we're in an era of disruption and transformation where everything, yes, Everything you thought was normal or typical is now up for grabs. So I want to throw you a little ditty on where we're currently at in cities and on this show. Electric vehicles, last mile micro solutions like the ubiquitous scooters, pushback from various sectors and rather than just listen, I'm inviting you to co-create on the fly with me. I'll throw you the questions, you have a little think and come back with some answers. And let me start by serving you my take on last mile urban transport. Ah, last mile. Trikes, skateboards, bikes, maybe hovercraft. And rain. Wind. Aggressive drivers in large cars. Driving sleet. Screaming babies. Wet bags. Because if we are truly going to consider a social transformation based on personal micro city vehicles, I want to talk weather. I want to talk work clothes. I want to talk safety and efficiency, and that means my work efficiency. You see, in my head, I stand a good seven feet tall, but in the real world, I'm a fairly short female dealing with a predominantly male work professional. I'm in the car industry, I'm in manufacturing, and most often these days, I'm dealing with corporate C-suite. And whether that's in Latin America, the USA or Australia, it is predominantly male, predominantly alpha male. So, in order for me to stand eyeball to eyeball with such old-school specimens and convey the appropriate air of physical authority, I wear boots with heels. So when I hear men, because it's always men, talk about last mile scooters and bikes, and Mark and Drew love those scooters and bikes, bless 'em, I'm like, nope. Or To paraphrase a creative thinking, creative speaking Dr Seuss, you will see me on a train. You will not see me in the rain, soaked and exposed on wet, slick roads. My transport comes in other modes. At least I hope it does. Because scooters and skateboards have no place in my city work reality. So, as you, dear listener, react to my reality, either with a hell no, I love those dinky little city bikes, or a... Testify, sister. Let me pique your imagination with some other possible transport options. So back in 2012, I drove a happy little three-wheeler carnival cart called the Tweezy. Renault had made this electric fun thing for inner city commutes, and it remains one of my favourite things. And let me tell you why. Full cover from the elements, a safe carbon fibre monocoque to thwart any collision drama, and... Two seats, not one. And those two seats means room for my bag, room for my kid, room for my friend. Now, the tweezy is illegal in Australia, but the Korean Postal Service is replacing postal bikes with tweezies and word is Lime plans to introduce city car sharing in the USA using tweezy. So, if you, like me, want your micro transport snuggly warm in winter, On the road, not the footpath, UV protected in summer, slide and skid proof and safe with room for two, you might want to push Australia to follow the lead of other cities and tweezy the streets. Better still, and I really love this one, considering the state of the homemade car industry in Australia. That's past tense. Subsidise all those incredible Aussie car designers and engineers to make an even better version doesn't have to be a Tweezy. It could be a Wallaroo. Doesn't matter. We need this thing. So, next up, the power source. Australians are slow to the electric vehicle party, but I was tickled to hear that BHP have announced a green hydrogen consortium aimed at decarbonising industry. Now, this puts Australia in a fantastic position to leapfrog battery-driven electric vehicles and lead the world with sustainable hydrogen transport. And you know how I feel about hydrogen. A green hydrogen rollout could be bankrolled by selling our substantial lithium reserves to other countries that want to push on with battery storage. So let's apply collectively our creative thinking to green hydrogen. Australia has all the natural resources, waves, oceans, wind, sun, we can create sustainable hydrogen. Better still, using hydrogen creates water, so that's pretty handy in a country with drought. I want to throw you some handy hydrogen tidbits to get you all thinking, because now is the time for ideas. First, UK researchers have worked out how to store hydrogen in a paste, literally like a toothpaste. This has the potential to do away with a traditional battery and all the drama associated with storing hydrogen. So think, what would the engine of a paste-driven car look like? You pull into a fuel station and instead of filling up with petrol or hydrogen or anything else, you literally take a cartridge of paste. And that is your hydrogen fuel cell. Second tidbit. Hydrogen can be created from seawater. The salt that's left can be used to make batteries. Once the hydrogen is used, we have clean water. Now, think about Australia and think about that process. This sounds like a far more useful desalination process than anything we currently do. So what sort of industries, future industries, green industries could we create from this using our abundant saltwater resources? Think about that one. And while I've got you, Let me throw another spoonful of spaghetti at the ceiling, ammonia. That's right, Mark, it had to come. Bringing it home for you, ammonia is readily produced all over the world and extremely efficient as a fuel for vehicles. The massive problem is it smells disgusting and the vapours are toxic. So, people, what can we do to make ammonia more viable? And I'm talking ammonia made with renewable energy because that is so simply done. What's fascinating and what's exciting is ammonia could be the solution to countries where the cost of an infrastructure of battery production and charging systems might prohibit the rollout of some of the other sustainable fuels. Ammonia is already made all over the world. Those guys have decentralised ammonia production that could be turned into a retrofit because what's really exciting... Conventional convection engines can be converted to 90% ammonia right now, so you don't need to get a new car to access carbon-free fuel. I don't know. I don't know, Mark, how you feel about that, but that fills me with enthusiasm and potential for newness. So my final thought provocation for the day. An inventor down the road from me has invented a wheel that contains the drive mechanism and the fuel for any vehicle. His concept is that you could simply change the wheels of any vehicle and make it electric or possibly hydrogen fuel cell, or maybe ammonia fuel cell. So in the future, conceivably any car could have its wheels changed out to become battery electric, hydrogen fuel cell, ammonia fuel cell, or whatever comes next. So I want to wrap with a project I'm working on because this might get you all thinking even further. Meanwhile, I am working on an electrical vehicle called Rome, that's R-H-O-M-E. And it's part pickup truck, part van with a removable pop-top module that allows you to set up a home anywhere you feel and use the mobile mini truck that's left to commute anywhere you want. So a few years ago, I predicted when I wrote this 2030 report for IKEA that a new kind of nomadic worker will become more prominent with the rise of the gig economy, that's people working on short contracts or on demand. I decided to work with UK transport designer Quartier to create a half fan half-house, hermit crab-like electric vehicle that was sustainable but also aspirational. So bounce forward to 2021 and Nomadland, a film about an RV journeywoman, has just wiped out the Golden Globes massively popular and revealing a lifestyle that for better or worse is increasingly common. My design team wants to make it a symbol of freedom, not desperation. Communities of resilient working nomads who come together to create. As a designer, this convergence of vehicle and house is a whole new area to work around. Think about it. Now that work from home is the expected norm for so many people who used to be tied to a desk Now that remote education and remote medicine is bouncing ahead and continually improving, if you had the freedom to live, to dock your vehicle into an infrastructure of private bathrooms, gleaming commercial kitchens, edible gardens with free Wi-Fi, water and renewable power, would you choose to live in just one place? Or would you want to travel and meet like-minded explorers and have adventures? The world is truly changing at a crazy pace and every part of our lifestyle is up for reconsideration. In last season's wrap, I predicted that in our future we'd be riding mechanical beasts and I still think it's possible. In fact, anything is possible right now. And most exciting, it's not going to come from the big players. It could be anybody. Heck, it could be me, it could be you. And you will definitely see new inventions from Drew and from Mark because that's the way they're wired. I'm Sally Dominguez and I'm excited (laughs) Thank you for listening, and please let me know what you come up with. And now back to you, Mark. Thanks, Sally. Sally doesn't
0: see much of a future for all of the possible shapes and sizes of electric vehicles. But I have to say, that future, it's already here. And in our next episode, I'm going to show you the transformation that's already underway right in front of our eyes. That's on the next episode of The Next Billion Seconds. This episode of The Next Billion Seconds was written and presented by Sally Dominguez and Mark Pesci, producer Alex Mitchell, and sound production Darcy Thompson. If you like this show, hit the subscribe button. And if you know someone else who might like it too, please share it with them. For more about the topics on our show, visit our website at nextbillionseconds.com. This is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening.